Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome in, Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. As always, thanks to you on YouTube. Like and subscribe. I love all of you. You are doing a phenomenal job of supporting the shows. I love the comments. You're my favorite, YouTube. Like and subscribe right off the top. That would be phenomenal. Okay. We got a lot to run into uh, and a lot to discuss, uh, but Major League Baseball currently back underway. Uh, I want to mention that I like all of the changes that are being brought to bear on Major League Baseball. You guys know that I am an Atlanta Braves fan. The Braves are currently up. Hopefully I'm not jinxing it for two opening day in Washington. Uh, and I think it's really cool they've eliminated the shift. There now is a pitch clock, and also they have expanded the size of the bases, which in theory may increase the amount of steals that are going on, uh, and also, in a big way, may cut about 30 minutes out of each Major League Baseball game, which I'm going to be honest with you. There are times when I go to Major League Baseball games, and I try to go down to Atlanta with my boys every year. I'll be down in Atlanta again this year watching games where I looked up at the clock or I look at my watch, uh, by watch I mean phone, and I think, man, this game is never going to end. It's going to be super late. Not, I don't have to get up as early as I did back in the day, uh, but that was and is a continuing part of discussion for me. Um, so uh, I'm excited to see how Major League Baseball is going to do going forward. couple of other things, uh, so with all the changes. Uh, Anthony Richardson had his pro day. I believe this effectively ends all the pro days. I told you, I will reiterate it. If I were drafting just SEC quarterbacks, okay, just the SEC quarterbacks because I saw them play, so I'm particularly not considering C.J. Stroud, okay? I'm just talking about the SEC quarterbacks. I would take Bryce Young number one overall. I think Bryce Young was the best quarterback that I saw playing college football last year. I would take him above C.J. Stroud, everybody else, but I'm particularly focusing on the SEC quarterbacks right now. Uh, I would go with my second pick, Anthony Richardson. Um, I know Anthony Richardson like hit the ceiling with one of his throws. Uh, he did a flip. This guy is a freakish athletic talent, and I know he had accuracy issues, but if I'm giving you the best case scenario for Anthony Richardson going forward, it's that he could be Josh Allen, okay? He's big, he's strong, he's fast. He had accuracy issues in college, but he is a physical freak. Josh Allen, big arm, that's who I would compare him to on the high end. Now, on the downside end, I mean, he could be Byron Leftwich, right? Big, strong guy. He's way more athletic than Byron Leftwich, but cannon for an arm, and it just doesn't materialize, right? That always is the risk. But I like Anthony Richardson, second-best quarterback. He reminds me of Josh Allen. Uh, in the third spot, in the third spot, I would probably take Hendon Hooker um, coming off of the ACL injury. I'm a little bit apprehensive about the Josh Heupel offense based on Drew Locke translating to the NFL. It just hasn't happened. 
So that's what I would say a little bit about Hendon Hooker, but I loved watching him play at Tennessee. Coming off the injury, I'd rank him third in the SEC. I don't buy Will Levis, okay? Um, Stetson Bennett, I know, is probably not going to get drafted, but I liked Stetson Bennett more and relied on Stetson Bennett far more than I did Will Levis. So I would actually put Stetson Bennett in at four. I'd put Will Levis at five. The Titans are probably going to end up drafting Will Levis because I'm saying I wouldn't draft him. I watched Will Levis play at Kentucky. Not impressed with his accuracy. Not impressed with his field awareness. Don't think that he is an outrageous athlete or has an outrageous arm. I'm just not a Will Levis guy. He'll get his chance. I know he's super ripped right now, uh, but I do not see him based on his performance at Kentucky the past couple of years as a guy that looks like a stud quarterback in the NFL to me. In fact, I would rank him fifth. I would put him behind Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker, Stetson Bennett. I would put Will Levis in at five in my analysis of SEC quarterbacks. I just, I don't see it. Now, it's probably going to be, somebody's going to clip this and Will Levis will end up being the greatest quarterback of all time and somebody will say, look at Clay Travis. He doesn't know quarterback. You're right. If he becomes a great quarterback in the NFL, I don't think there were a lot of signs that he would be a great quarterback based on his play on the field the past two years for Kentucky. I just haven't seen it. Um, So, uh, I wanted to mention this. There are a bunch of stories out there that I've got flagged to talk about. But this story has not gotten enough attention. I sent a tweet thread out about it uh, when I was over in Italy. But with Major League Baseball returning, the regional sports networks, the Bally Sports Networks, have filed for bankruptcy. That business has effectively collapsed. And it's happened in four short years. I want to break you through this. So Rupert Murdoch, you'll remember, is like Fox Sports South, Fox Sports Ohio, Fox Sports Midwest. They were all Fox Sports branded programs. And Rupert Murdoch decided to sell for, I believe it was $71 billion, all these different Fox assets to Disney. Now, Fox kept, Rupert Murdoch did Fox News. Uh, He kept uh, FS1, FS2, uh, you know, and they now bought OutKick. That's happened since. But he sold a lot of sports, uh, sports assets and, and all over entertainment assets as a part of that. $71 billion purchase price. $20 billion of that, roughly, was attributable to the regional sports networks. In other words, Disney, just four years ago, paid $20 billion for the Fox Sports regional sports networks. Then... The Department of Justice came out and said, this is an antitrust violation. Disney, because of ESPN and ESPN2 and the SEC Network and all those, is not allowed to continue to own the regional sports networks. I think they got it totally wrong, by the way. The government got something wrong. Go figure. I think the Department of Justice got this totally wrong. But they mandated that Disney sell these assets. Immediately, Disney took a loss of 10 billion dollars that is billion with a b because the diamond sports group which is effectively sinclair they initially only paid 10 billion dollars for these assets okay so rupert murdoch sells them to disney for 20 billion disney then has to sell them again and only gets 10 billion for them and now these regional sports networks have gone bankrupt So you have gone 
in a very short period of time, basically four years, the cable and satellite bundle has collapsed to such an extent that Rupert Murdoch got $20 billion for an asset that is now in bankruptcy. Disney lost $10 billion, and now the Bally's, uh, the Diamond Sports Group, the Bally's Networks, they've been rebranded as Bally's, are now all in bankruptcy. This is one of the great all-time sales uh, decisions in the history of sports. Because if Rupert Murdoch had held on to these businesses, they were going to continue to pummel and decline in value. He sold them near an apex value, probably like four years before would have been the absolute marketplace peak. But he got out at a very high valuation of $20 billion. They're now worth basically zero. My question for all of you, we need to clip and make sure we share this. Why is the same thing not going to happen to ESPN? I haven't heard a good explanation for why the same thing is not going to happen to ESPN. I think it is. I think ESPN's brand is dead. I think this business is collapsing. I think behind the curtain, they are panicked at Disney over what's going on with ESPN. And when you look at what happened with the regional sports networks, as the cable and satellite bundle collapsed, why would the same thing not happen with a a national sports network like ESPN? they aren't going to be able to pivot to streaming and make anywhere near the same amount of money. And this is, to me, the biggest story in all of sports right now, right? Whether it is Major League Baseball, NHL, or NBA, losing these regional sports dollars as the cable and satellite bundle collapses is a big deal. Not as big of a deal for the NFL because most of their games are still on broadcast network television. Just Monday Night Football on ESPN which is going to be a mess, and Thursday night football on Amazon, which they're already losing money on, are the only ones that you can't watch on ABC, CBS, NBC, whatever, right? Fox. This is going to be a big issue for salaries, for valuations of franchises. They're not going to be able, in my opinion, to remake all of the money that Major League Baseball, the NHL, and the NBA made off of their regional sports networks by any stretch of the imagination going forward. And just look, it's again, it's being wildly undercovered. I don't know if it's because a lot of people in sports media are not smart enough to understand it. I don't know if they're afraid of alienating people by talking about it. I don't know if they're buying into the lies that ESPN is spreading of, oh, don't worry, we're just going to go direct to consumer. Yeah, but when you go direct to consumer, you're actually selling to the people who watch your product and you're going to have to charge them orders of magnitude, triple or quadruple per month in order to try to make the money back. And it's going to be very seasonal, right? Because let's say you're a huge football fan. You'll sign up for a streaming service in September, October, November, December. But by January, you're getting a lot less games and you're not going to pay for eight months. And let's say you're a big Major League Baseball fan or whatever it is, you'll only pay for the season And unlike your cable and satellite subscription, which is actually really hard to cancel or flip back on because of all the wires into your house, it's really easy to start and stop a streaming subscription. And they're seeing this already outside of sports. A lot of people say, okay, I'll sign up for Netflix and catch up on everything I want to watch, then I'll cancel. Or I'll sign up for Disney+, Plus, watch everything I want, Paramount, whatever it is, and they'll abandon going forward. This is a big story. And I don't think enough people are talking about it. Um, But sports as we know it, 
from $20 billion in regional sports valuation just four years ago to now effectively zero, why is that not going to happen for ESPN? I think it is. And I've been talking about it coming for years. This regional sports network collapse is a big sign of that. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. COVID emergency is finally over. Three years after 15 days to stop the spread, the Senate and the House have both voted to end our national COVID emergency. Hallelujah. Uh, The COVID emergency has ended. Joe Biden has announced that he will sign it. There were still a bunch of senators, Democrats, who refused to end the COVID emergency even after three years. Here's something I'd like to see. I don't know if anybody else will pick up on this. I would like to see the COVID emergency taken, the ability to declare a pandemic emergency taken away, taken away from the president and put in the hands of Congress. Because we had a three-year COVID emergency that should have ended long ago. And if you can't get the House and the Senate to agree with you on the emergency, The president shouldn't have the unilateral power to continue that emergency going forward, whatever the next emergency might be. I would love to see it put partly in the House and in the Senate to make that happen as well. Um, This also ties in with uh, the the storylines out there. The World Health Organization, I know, I know, you may want to roll your eyes. The World Health Organization now says that healthy kids and teenagers don't need the COVID shot. All right, let me repeat that. I've been saying it for years. The data reflects that every kid out there basically is going to get COVID. Almost all of kids out there have already had COVID. The World Health Organization is now saying healthy kids and teenagers don't need the COVID shot. Okay? So if that is the case, according to the WHO, When is our own CDC going to come out and say, our bad, actually, you aren't an anti-vax lunatic if you don't get the COVID shot for your kids? I didn't get the COVID shot for my kids, right? And healthy kids don't need it. They probably already have had COVID because I've had COVID at least twice. Their mom's had COVID. Healthy kids don't need the COVID shot, yet all these colleges mandated that their teenagers and young 20-somethings get the COVID shot and the boosters and wear masks, all of it was total BS. Zero justification for it. Will the Biden administration, CDC, adopt the recommendation of the WHO and acknowledge that there's no basis whatsoever for kids and teenagers, young kids, teenagers, under 18, let's say, certainly under 22 if we want to take it up to college, None of those kids get any benefit at all from the COVID shot. And in fact, there is data to reflect that there is a risk that is more substantial in some people from the COVID shot than there is actually from any benefits at all from the COVID shot. I've been saying this for a long time. 
I told you this. My, my own kids didn't get it. Most parents have made the decision of late not to get their kids the COVID shot. They certainly don't need the boosters. If you are, I'm just going to continue to repeat it. If you are relatively young, and by relatively young, what do I want to say? 50 and under, right? If you are relatively young and healthy, you probably already have had COVID, and you certainly do not need the COVID shot. Relatively young and healthy. I've had COVID twice, never gotten the COVID shot. I've got natural immunity. Young kids, almost all of them have had it. I went and spoke at my school board three years ago, and I said, and it remains true, your kid is under more danger of dying driving to and from school every day than they are from COVID. Let me repeat that. Your kid under more danger driving to and from school, that is driving and dying in a traffic accident, than they were from COVID. Masking made no sense. Everybody now catching up with me on the truth there. I saw this lawsuit and I couldn't help but laugh. Seven girls in the Kappa Gappa Gamma sorority at the University of Wyoming are suing because a guy identifies as a girl and has been admitted as a member of the Kappa Kappa Gamma sorority. This is a biological man, a.k.a. a man, who identifies as a woman. The girls say that he tries to spy on them, that he gets sexually aroused in their presence, that he's still attracted... (laughs) Sorry, it's so ridiculous. That he's still attracted to girls. And somehow this dude has ended up in the Kappa Kappa Gamma sorority at the University of Wyoming. Now, I presume the seven girls that are suing voted against his admission into a sorority, but this is like a bad comedy, right? 20 years ago, this would have been a bad comedy. Guy pretends he's a girl, joins a sorority, still attracted to girls. This dude, I I don't even know what his game plan is here. I don't know if he's an evil genius, but can you imagine being a member of the sorority? If you're attracted to girls, I don't know if the KKGs are good-looking at Wyoming or not. My guess is probably not if an ugly dude, and I just I'm not even like really judging this guy, but if a dude is able to join your sorority, it's probably not a smoking hot sorority. I'm just going to toss that out there because most dudes pretending to be girls, just tossing it out there, not smoking hot, right? Um, so I don't know what this dude looks like. I don't know what the Kappa Kappa Gammas look like, but they've had to file a lawsuit because this is where this craziness leads to. Dude identifies as a girl, is a member of the sorority, and he is getting sexually aroused and spying on the girls in the sorority. Somebody in the comments was like, I think this is the, I think this is actually the plot to Porky's Five. Uh, well, you know, maybe well so. Uh, I don't even know if there was a Porky's Five, by the way. Uh, the Wall Street Journal has an editorial from our guy, Joe Manchin, West Virginia Democrat senator. And I read this and I said, oh, well, I tried to tell you, Joe Manchin, when you signed on to the Inflation Reduction Act, you got played, my man. Uh, You ended up signing on for something that is going to, according to all of the now experts, add trillions of dollars, I think $1.2 trillion total, to our national debt. So the Inflation Reduction Act, as I said, would likely be true. They literally named it the Inflation Reduction Act and it increases federal spending and our national debt. Uh, And Joe Manchin has a piece in the Wall Street Journal today saying Biden's Inflation Reduction Act betrayal. That's the headline. Uh, Instead of implementing the law as intended, his administration subverts it for ideological ends. You think? You think, Joe? So I don't know what the play is here for Joe Manchin. I don't know if he is thinking, okay, 
I'm going to just say Biden betrayed me. He's awful. And try to run as a Democrat still in the 2024 West Virginia Senate race. Which case, West Virginians, if you're watching me, you cannot vote uh, for Joe Manchin. Or, Or he may be laying the groundwork here to try and challenge Joe Biden as a nominee in the 2024 uh, Democrat primary. Now, I if I had to choose between Joe Manchin as president or Joe Biden as president, I would pick Joe Biden. I mean, sorry, I would pick Joe Manchin. I think Manchin is more likely to be reasonable. Manchin was right about the dangers of inflation when everybody else in the Democrat Party wanted to spend five or six trillion dollars or whatever the heck it was that Biden put forward. Remember, as bad as inflation is now, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema actually kept it from being even worse. Unfortunately, we didn't have a Democrat uh, check because if we had had control of the House or the Senate, we could have kept this from becoming as bad as it did. Uh, But uh, Joe Manchin, I don't know if his plan, try to get back and run in 2024 or if this is a play to potentially, again, potentially run against Joe Biden. But he's got an editorial up. I shared it on my Twitter feed. You can go read it about the betrayal that is out there. Speaking of crazy and betrayals, anybody that has an actual functional brain uh, knows that men deciding to identify as women and compete as women is destroying women's athletics, right? Riley Gaines, I give her credit, University of Kentucky swimmer, has been speaking out aggressively on this. Canada weightlifting. There are new rules in Canadian weightlifting that allow you to identify as either sex without anything else other than your personal mindset. So a man in Canada decided he has a beard, he is clearly male, to ridicule these rules, he decided to identify as a woman and set all-time weightlifting records to break the record set previously by another dude who identified as a woman as a woman so this is where women's athletics is now we got dudes deciding to set all-time women's records and erase all women from the record books because men are bigger stronger and faster than women so if there is no prohibition on men competing as women then men will own every record in athletics. South Park was right with their macho man Randy Savage character. This is what happens when you allow the trans agenda to move past the point of absurdity to where women's athletics is actually being replaced. This is the logical end of tolerance when women have to tolerate their erasure as athletes because Men who identify as women are beating them all. Uh, A couple more stories here. The QAnon shaman. The QAnon shaman is out of prison. He's now under house arrest. He got out 14 months early, according to Daily Mail report. I think, even though people trying to argue otherwise, I think this is connected to the January 6th videos that were shared by Tucker Carlson that the QAnon shaman's defense attorney claims he never had access to. And rather than make themselves look worse, those videos, which were clearly exculpatory and showed the QAnon shaman not behaving in a violent insurrectionist fashion, I believe they have impacted the decision to release him from prison 14 months early. 
They tried to treat him with that spear as if he was some sort of revolutionary attempting to overthrow the government. That is clearly not true. Um, And so that is absolutely crazy. So the QAnon shaman out of prison 14 months early. Uh, Credit to Tucker Carlson for sharing those January 6th videos. I definitely believe there was a connection between those videos and the QAnon shaman getting out early. Finally, uh, as we await the release, and maybe it's come out in the 30 minutes that I've been doing this show, as we await the release of the manifesto from the transgender shooter in Nashville, I want to give credit to Marsha Blackburn and Bill Haggerty. There's evidently all sorts of chaos down at the state capitol today with protesters, everything else. I'm trying to make things safer. I've been arguing for this for years. I give credit to Marsha Blackburn and Bill Haggerty, two senators from Tennessee. They introduced a bill that would allow $900 million to be spent to help to create more police and school safety inside of schools by having armed security. I'm going to continue to hammer this home. I've been hammering it home for years. Every single school in America should have armed security. Let me repeat that. Every single school in America should have armed security. My kids go to three different schools, elementary, middle, and high school. All of them have armed security. The same thing that I want for my kid, I want for your kids, for your grandkids, okay? Look, you can't stop someone from deciding to attack innocent people. It's impossible. Can't stop all of them. But if a shooter knew, if I'm going to go to a school, I'm going to have to deal with armed security at that school to confront me, I think that some shooters would make the decision not to go to schools and not to attack students there. So this is important. I think this is significant. We need a resolution there. This would be my position in general. Armed security at every school in America. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. I hope all of you have a great Thursday night. I am scheduled to be on with Jesse Waters tonight. So wave to some of you there on Fox News this evening. And I'll see you tomorrow with the Friday edition of Clay and Buck. Thank you.